the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. We're talking about cars for the next hour or so, and you're welcome to join us anytime you want, 602-508-0960. And because Nikki called in early, I'm going to take her right out of the chute, even before we do any kind of business, because it takes a few minutes to get in, and uh, and Nikki's first. So, Nikki, good morning to you, and how can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, it's Vicki with the 69C10. Okay. Um, the, um, it's got 186,000 documented original miles on it, original engine, except for I had a two-barrel carburetor and headers put on it by classic uh, corner garage. But the reason I'm calling is recently uh, I'll be driving, you know, and then I'll pull over and stop at like the hardware store or something, and the engine won't start again for about five minutes. It acts like the battery's totally dead, and then I'll I'll wait five or ten minutes, and then it it it's fine. But it's embarrassing. Okay, it's a four-cylinder, you said? No, it's a six. It's the 250, the okay. 1969 250. Okay. Um, it sounds like a starter problem. Um, I would carry a gallon of water, and if you hit the key and nothing happens, there's no click, there's no crank, there's no noise, no nothing, then I would douse the the starter with cold water because you said header. And this was a common problem when we put headers on cars, and the starter's right next oh. to the header. And so I had the you, headers wrapped wrapped with insulation to keep the heat out of the uh, engine compartment. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, you can try the water trick and throw water on it and let it sit for just a few minutes, and then see if it'll crank over. And if you find that that's it, then we're fine. We've got a heat problem, and obviously wrapping the headers didn't work. The real question is, is what kind of amp? And, and but you and you also said there's no noise, which means the solenoid is not engaging. So there's no reason for me to check the battery for its reserve power to make sure that it's above 9.6 when you ask it to crank the starter. There's no need for that because we're not even getting to that point because all you've got is the key on. You're going to start. There's no noise and there's no cranking. So. One of the things that you can do is if you go to MarkSalem.com, I want you to look at the FAQ called No Crank, No Noise, No Start. It'll say something like that. And it teaches you how to look at the headlights to kind of diagnose what the problem might be. If the headlights are not on at all and you hit the key and nothing happens, we have a bad connection in and around the battery could be the ground on the frame, it could be the ground on the motor, it could be the positive on the battery, the negative on the battery. But anyway, it'll walk you through by looking at the headlights. So the headlights white and bright. Are the headlights go away when you hit the key? 
Do the headlights turn yellow when you hit the key? All of that kind of stuff is, we're using the headlights like a voltmeter. And so we're going to watch the headlights and it'll kind of tell us what's going on. But on a 1 to 10 scale, this isn't, I don't know what the fix is going to be, but to diagnosis, it's it's an easy 2 or 3. Oh, thank you so much. I've been worried about it because I wait 5 or 10 minutes and it starts up fine. Yeah, that um, is it. Is so? Is it a hot soak? Otherwise, every time you try to start it, you park it, you run into the liquor store to get your husband's booze, you run it back outside, <laughs> and it won't start. That's called a hot soak. But if you if you run into the grocery store and you're in there twenty or thirty minutes and you come out and it still doesn't start, that's something different. Now let's talk about start and crank. Again, we're going to stick on the word crank. It doesn't crank over, right? Right. Okay, because it might crank over, go rrr, 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 but it doesn't catch that spark or fuel. But that's why we have to talk about, is it cranking? Is it, is, do we have cranking, is the starter cranking over? And then if it doesn't start, it's different than if it doesn't crank. And in your case, I think you said it doesn't crank over. Right. Okay. Oh. Th- those those well, are pretty easy. thank you easy. so much. I'm going to print that out and carry it with me in the truck. I think it's I think it's FAQ 29. I think, but anyway, you'll find it. It'll I'll say be like, able to find it. yeah, no crank something. It'll say something about no crank, no noise, something like that. Okay. Thank you so much. You're a rock star, Mark. <laughs> Not always. You can ask my wife. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> she's my wife. Always listens, and she's she'll call me in just a few minutes and say, I'm, uh, "Obviously, Vicky has been drinking early in the morning because she doesn't know you very well." Anyway, this portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Action Auto Repair I-17 in Deer Valley. Tom is a friend of mine, and I've known him since 1983. The the shops that I I tell you are good shops. Uh, they're not. I'm not telling you that because they're paying me, although they do pay me. The fact of the matter is they're friends of mine, and I know they're good. I know they're honest. I know they're, they have integrity. I know they're not going to rip you off. I know they're not going to lie, and they're not going to tell you that you're due for this service knowing full well that the service is a 100,000-mile service, and they're trying to sell it to you at 30,000 miles, and that's happening a lot right now. So Action Auto Repair, he's on I-17 in Deer Valley, northwest corner, good guy, and he's been around a very, very long time. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you want to give us a call, you can, and we'll talk about your cars and stuff. But I'm going to open a door that I know I'm going to be sorry for. And I think what it's what we can do is we can talk about electric cars. And that seems to be on just about everybody's mind. And that means that we're going to be... We talk about the future and the absence of gasoline and diesel cars. And let me tell you what I think. You, I think you can imagine how many different people live and work at places that have to do with cars, trucks, UPS trucks, motorcycles, boats one-ton dualies, horse trailers, whatever. There's just a lot. So if someone is suggesting in my lifetime we're going to collapse the gas and oil and diesel stuff and we're going to go to all electric, it's not something I'm going to bite off on. We've already done this before. This is what happened when we went to propane. And this is what we had. And then there was another propane and something else. Gil, do you remember... It was some other way to power a car. And uh, 
I think it was some kind of a fuel, uh, not propane, but it was something else. You'll remind me, 602-508-0960. Yeah, if I can me. remember, yes. Um, and we did propane, and it was going to replace the gasoline engine, and it was a miserable failure. And, and no matter what we have and no matter how we put it in the tank and no matter how we're going to move the car down the road, the biggest problem um, with the electric cars is their range. But I had someone who owned an electric car said something to me the other day, and I thought it was just genius. He says, when you drive an electric car, it's like driving around and having an eighth of a tank. You're constantly looking at the gauges. You're constantly adapting your 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 throttle, your speed, you're coasting a lot. You're doing all kinds of things to make it. He said, so I'm going to give you less than a quarter tank of gas, and I'm going to have you drive Mark from your Tempe um, store to Payson. And I said, I, I think I could make it. And he goes, but on the way there, you're going to be easy and up on the throttle. You're not going to be going fast. You're not going to pass anybody you don't want to pass. And you're going to be looking at the you're going to look at the gas gauge and the fuel gauge. Eighty percent of the time, your eyes are going to be on your dashboard instead of the road in front of you. It's just scary. And he says, "Okay." I said, "Yeah, but people leave Phoenix with a full tank of electricity." He says, "Yeah, but when they get there, they have a tough decision to make: Can I get home without stopping and charging?" So we looked into having charge some charging stations put on our property because we have this small parking lot that's that's uh, available and we have a huge transformer right there. So we were thinking about it. But then the question becomes, what do the people do when their cars are being charged? So I talked with two or three places who had charging ports and they said most people just sit in their car and, and play on their phones. And that's okay. They don't need to be taken to a restaurant and they don't need to be catered to. But then the other gu the guys that do have charging stations said, oh, but they want that. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. I would hope that if my wife and I had an electric car and we had we had the option to hop on a bus and go half a mile away and have a meal. It'd be okay. But we have this infrastructure and we have jillions and jillions of people that are building parts, fixing cars, um, all this kind of stuff. And this is just all going to go away. And we're all going to have a car with a fuel tank that's much smaller than we're used to. And we're all, and it's all going to go away because, and everywhere we go, we're going to constantly be on the app on our phone looking for a charging station because we're going to replace all all the gas stations with charging stations. And I don't know about you, but that whole idea seems to be... And, and you know what? I like electric cars, and I have lots of friends that have electric cars. I've ridden them. I've driven them. I think they're rather impressive. But they're not even 1% of the cars on the road. But you can sure tell somebody from Payson coming home or from Phoenix going to Payson. You can see the Tesla who's watching his gas gauge because he's doing like 56 miles an hour. And I guess the 50 to 60 zone is some kind of a sweet spot. When they're going up hills, they go pretty good. But when they're going down hills, they're charging that battery. So they're going fast and then backing off and going fast and backing off. And this is what I'm told. So, I, like I said, I've ridden in them. I have friends that have them. I, I, they love them, and I love my friends. I just don't think that it's going to be anytime soon. And in addition to that, from the 60s and the 70s, we had cars with tailpipe emissions that if you locked yourself in your garage, you were going to be dead in 15 minutes. Dead in 15 minutes. That's the way it was in the 50s and the 60s and to, to some extent into the 70s. Today, and I'm saying this with a grin, today, if you locked yourself in the car with your 2020 
Chevy, Ford, Dodge, Honda, Toyota, the top five big dogs, you're going to die of starvation before you die of asphyxiation. (laughs) That's all there is to it. The tailpipes on those are really, really clean. And so that's really what it's all about is it has to do with vehicle emissions and pollution and stuff like that. There's a lot of you out there that are smiling because I'm saying I remember in the 60s and the 70s, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, those kinds of cars were polluting son of a guns. I mean, they just drank gasoline, but they sure went fast. And today we have these little sippers, <laughs> and, and they sniff the gasoline out of the tank, and you get 20, 30, 40 miles. We never got 20, 30, 40 miles an hour unless you were coming off South Mountain and you were in neutral <laughs> and you coasted all the way down. So there's just no way. But I don't know how what we're going to do with everything because this is a conversation that me and the kids have had. Dad, what happens if it's all electric cars? What, what are, what's our, We're a car, car repair shop. What's going to happen? Well, they still still need tires. They're still going to need work. They're going to need window motors. They're still going to wreck them. So the body shops are going to be around on and on and on. So anyway, 602-508-0960. If you want to chime in or if you have a car question, I'm all game. 602-508-0960. Dennis Prager believes there's a price to pay. A lot of good, good folks in America feel America's not the world's policeman. I believe America is the world's policeman. I'm sorry to break it to my fellow Americans. There is a burden in being the strongest, wealthiest country on earth. It comes with a price. It comes with responsibility. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 10 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people to focus on development to focus on team dynamics it's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in hr which is interacting with people learning from them and then building stuff for them everything is in this one place i can't even imagine what it would be like without bamboo hr we're bamboo hr and we'd love to set you free to do great work Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Dad! Come on! Over here! Look at this, Dad! Over Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree is the moment I knew that for him... You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Hey, kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. My early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. But it gave my mom and me more time to plan together. Talk to your family about seeing a doctor. Go to alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Well, good morning, everybody. Let me put my uh, cursor where I should and push my buttons the way I'm supposed to, and then everything is fine. If I can take a minute of your time and tell you about Automatic Transmission Exchange, Phil's been in the Phoenix area since the 60s. He knows transmissions, and when you understand transmissions from the 50s and 60s, then you understand that we're going to use throttle pressure, speed, RPM, fluid pressure, um, all kinds of stuff to shift the transmission, and all we've done is change the way that we do that, and that's all there is to it. So today we have all kinds of solenoids and electronic controls and stuff that look at a bunch of inputs and then decide when to shift from first to second. Phil's a good guy. He's on 40th Street in Washington. He knows automatic transmissions. If you need somebody to drive your car with you, you can call and make an appointment to do that. They'll put somebody in the car with you as long as you can demonstrate the problem. The big problem there is, according to Phil, and I believe this because it happens in my shop as well, is the customer will come and, and it won't happen. They can't make it happen. We're not mad at you when that happens. It's just that we know it's intermittent. So kind of learn how to make it happen and then give us a call. So that's Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington. And, Gil, who's up next? Uh, we have Dragon. Okay. Good morning. How can I help you? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, I've listened to you a number of times. I happen to be in the car. Just turn it on, and you were talking about the electric cars and the gas consumption and that kind of stuff. So brought back the memory of my personal experience. Uh, so I, I thought I'd pass it on to you. Uh, sure. In 1978, I, I lived in Chicago area in Northbrook in Chicago suburbs. I bought a brand-new uh, Jeep Cherokee. So I, I took it in for first service, and I was just waiting for him to uh, wash it and so forth. I was waiting. To, I was talking to a, 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 a service manager, and it took a little longer, so we had a long talk. And he told me about the uh, his brother-in-law worked for GM testing grounds in, in Detroit area. And he said, in 1978, they had carburetors. Carburetors. They were getting over 50 miles to the gallon. And they had them shelved when they wouldn't use them. This is, what, almost 50 years ago. Yeah. What happened? Um, I, I, I heard that, too. And I had yeah. people swear that to me. But 
I've never seen, I mean, the carburetor was the most inefficient one. Right. And today we're in fuel injection, and then we have port exactly. fuel injection, and then we have sequential port fuel injection. Right. And the computer knows exactly when to spray how much based on 20 different inputs. Sure. So I, I'm with you. There was always those stories about carburetors that would give us 50 miles to the gallon, but I think you'll agree with me that back in the 70s, we we didn't much care what the fuel economy was. We no, just we wanted didn't. to know how long we could burn the back tires. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So However, I'm, you know, it's not, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire, usually. So if these guys, you know, shelved these uh, uh, products that didn't help them, oil industry, you know, it's kind of like the Lancol engine and, you know, and all kinds of stuff like that. But that's a real issue. There is uh, nobody can tell me that the cars can't get better mileage, much, much, much better mileage than we get today. Well, Even though it's much better than it was in the seventies. We're they three times. We're three times the seventies. We're three right, times the seventies. We could be three times what we are now if they put the effort to it. Well, but they and, don't want to. And 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 I here's 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 it's it's a mixture of. Air, fuel, compression, and timing. Those four variables. And cold air carries more fuel than hot air. And so now you have air, but we got to split it into hot and cold. Then we have fuel, and if we're going to spray it in, then it atomizes and it turns to a vapor much quicker as opposed to drip it in that the carburetors do. I, 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 I fully understand all of that. I'm but doing it, it for it, everybody else that's listening to you and I here, talk. Here's another thing that uh, gets me. We Manhattan Project was developed in, in about a year. I'm sure you know what Manhattan Project is, right? Go ahead. And in all these years, we couldn't find a better way to power our cars than put the gas in the tank? I don't buy that either. I don't know. Where else would you put in the... How, if you were the king of the world... What car would you build? What, what? How would you get us around? I, 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 I'm not a car expert. I'm just okay. saying that uh, there's there's atomic energy. There's all kinds of other energies, but the oil industry has the grip on this uh, gas that we okay. gotta use in order to make them rich. Okay, that's, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, and 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 I agree with you that oil is the source of gasoline, and I agree with you that they have the market covered, and I agree with you that the government is doing their best to control them. But I also want to remind you that my one-ton Dodge diesel truck gets 16 miles to the gallon, where my dad's truck got six. Yeah, well, but we didn't care. I was paying 19 cents for gas at that time. I know, but you can't keep changing the target on me, though. The target is, is... what are we going to do with cars, and is electric part of the future of us? And and I suspect the answer is no, because we don't have um, the infrastructure for electric cars. And ne- second of all, I don't think people are going to want to play video games every time they get in their electric car to see if they have 18 miles of f- of fuel left, so to speak, according to the gauge, and they know that the, the, the place they're going is 17 miles away. I don't think that's going to work. 
So anyway, but but you bring up some good points, and I, I appreciate your call, and thank you very much. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, you're welcome to join us. The electric car, the gas car, the diesel car, locomotives, and oil, oil companies, it's all kind of intertwined. Um, there are a lot of people that earn their living with some derivative of automotive stuff and the gasoline engine today, the diesel engine today. There's lots of people. Um, No matter which way this big ship turns, left, center, right, or does 180, it's going to affect a lot of people both positively and negatively. But we've seen cars come and go that were the answer to our problems since the 50s. (laughs) And and I suspect that we'll, we'll... if I was the guy that came out with an electric car and I and I just bought something for what it was it fifty four billion or five hundred and forty I don't remember it was a huge number, um, and I had to borrow some from my buddies in order to buy Twitter. Um, I would think he doesn't really care if his car ever ends up in the future with that kind of money. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but I don't think you should throw your gasoline car away. I don't think you should be afraid of electric cars or being legislated that we have to buy electric cars. I don't think that the infrastructure is there. I don't think the car is ready for mass transit. And I, and I really think that, uh, um, the, and, and there's nothing wrong with the cars we have today because the tailpipes are really clean in the cars we have today. But you can't go to San Paulo, Brazil, and look at the cloud of smog and say, yeah, that's you know, tailpipe smog. Yes, it is. It's cars that were built 20 years ago. There's no new Cadillacs and Lexuses in Sao Paulo, Brazil, when they're showing the huge cloud of smog over the city. It's not likely that it's got a whole bunch of the newer model cars. And like I told you before, if you want to die because you're going to put your car in your garage and you're going to start it and the car's been made in the last, shoot, 20 years, you better pack a lunch because you're going to be in there a long time. It's going to take a long time, and I tell you that for a whole bunch of reasons because I work on cars, and I've sniffed my fair share of tailpipes from the old ones and the new ones. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Emergencies can happen. No power, no lights, no news. Federal agencies urge you to have an emergency radio. This emergency radio doesn't need batteries. Includes a super flashlight, NOAA weather band, long-range AM receiver, FM band, and a USB for cell phones. It retails for $30, but get it free with a discounted subscription to Newsmax magazine. Go to GetTheRadio.com. That's GetTheRadio.com. Or call toll-free 800-NEWSMAX. 800-NEWSMAX. This radio could save your life. Order today. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now. 
and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's it's too too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Well, when it comes to talking about cars and shops that do good car repair work, I I need to tell you, or I want to tell you, about one in Sun City. There's lots of shops in Sun City. There's lots of good shops in Sun City. But the one for me that stands out the most is Automotive Dynamics. They're on the north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. Chuck, the owner, and I have been friends since the late 60s and the early 70s. We kind of grew up together. I know that he knows right from wrong. I know that he knows how to treat people, how to be nice to people, and he also knows how to say to a customer, um, we may not be good for one another. That's just the way it is in the car repair industry. But if you're in Sun City and you say, hey, Mark, who's the best guy in town? My advice to you and my answer to you is Automotive Dynamics, north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. And the phone, we have four lines open. If you want to contact, uh, give us a call. Gil's going to say, would you like to talk to Mark? You say yes. He's going to ask your phone or your name, not your phone number. He's going to ask your name, and then he's going to whisper in my ear, Rod is next. And that's just what he said. So, Rod, good morning. How can I help you? Well, good morning. Yeah, more on the topic on the electric cars. My uh, concern is, is no one's been able to explain to me the environmental impact we're doing, digging up there or mining the material to make the batteries, and then 
end of life of those batteries. What is what is going to happen to those? And <laughs> I did read an article. Volkswagen has a plant in Germany that can recycle 3,200 batteries a year. Well, each car has I don't know, 10, 15 batteries. You need to do the math how many batteries they can recycle. So I, I'm not sure those answers have been fully, or those questions have fully been asked for me and for my concern about trying to buy a rent or get an electric car. Now, have you have you seen the picture of the kids in diapers mining the lithium for the batteries? Have you seen those? Yeah, I have not seen that picture. No, those That's are funnier bad. than That's... heck. It's it's it's. Yeah. This is the kind of propaganda I'm going to stick up for. It's you have those kinds of pictures that that are all over the internet, and and these these kids are obviously from a very f- poor country, and they're obviously haven't been fed, and they're and they're kind right. of in diapers, and they have little picks, and they're picking against this big mountain or something. It's just. That kind of stuff brings a smile to my face, but I'm kind of disappointed in wh- whoever has that, what it is. But you're right. We've always had problems with batteries. We've always had problems with what we're going to do with the 12-volt battery that comes out of your car. We used to make money on those, and we don't anymore. Right. And and you know and I know that there's a whole lot of them in alleys all over the state of Arizona. There's a lot of them in oh, the right. garage floor of some of the friends I have that they just haven't had time to take them back to the auto parts store. And I don't know anybody that's really recycling or anybody that says, I've watched the battery go from the, you know, from a shop's floor all the way through the recycling process. But I do know that there are parts of the battery that are, are valuable. So I know that the plastic case is no big deal, but there's lead inside that is valuable. Mm-hmm. And, and evidently those are recycled for that. And whether they come back as a battery is a whole different discussion. So I, I'm right. with you. It's a little scary on the big batteries. Yeah, it's like, you know, what are we going to, if that's the road we're going down, well, let's, let's someone come up with a study of what's going to happen to the, at the end of life with all these batteries because you know it's going to happen. Especially here in Arizona, these batteries start to live forever. And we just got to have a big dump yard where we're going to dump them all. And is that any better than what we currently have? So. And and we, yeah, and, 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 and you know, I'm told the reason why that is 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 because we can work 365 days a year and we don't have snow. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is true. And, yeah. and yeah, I, I don't know the answer. Um, I think yeah. uh, I think that's one of the many questions. But I prefer to believe that people are going to vote with their wallets. And if an electric yeah. car is something they want, then I, I believe that we have um, not we. Not me, not you, but right. if there's someone selling an electric car, then someone can buy it, and then they can deal with it, and and it's a free country. I just don't yeah. like the idea that 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 we're going to put um, everybody out of business except people who have computers and have your car connected to Wi-Fi, and he's going to fix your flat tire, he's going to fix a bad electrical connection, he's going to fix the fact that you hit a curb and the top of the right front tire now faces 2 o'clock and the bottom faces 7 (laughs) o'clock. All of that other stuff. So that's kind of, it's it's just unrealistic, and and I've walked this path before. I'm sure. Yeah, I I drive a Dodge Ram pickup that gets 15 miles a gallon, no matter if it's a full empty behind wind tailwind but the good news is it's paid for so um I'm, i don't have a huge truck or even and you know i it does cost me a penny to put the gas in it but it is paid for 
and 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 you and you're right. And in your Dodge truck, when you throttle up pretty hard, there's probably not much coming out of the tailpipe. That's called opacity, and it's not yep. much out there unless, of course, you have a tuner or somebody has played with the fuel delivery system. And then on a wide right. open throttle on your Dodge truck, you're going to puff a little bit of black smoke. But that's just to show the little guy next door to you in his Honda four cylinder that he's not going to beat you to the uh, where the two lanes merge yeah. into one. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have some pickup, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, All I, right. I enjoy your show. Thank you, Rod. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We're going to be here until uh, noon, so if you'd like to call in and talk about electric cars or you have a problem with your car or this. I took my car in, and they gave me a, a list of stuff that I needed to have done. And if you have that one of those lists in front of it, I would love to talk to you. And all I need from you is, is what kind of year, make, and model car do you have? I don't need to name. No, I don't want to know the name of the shop, and I want to know how many miles you have on your car. That's what I want to know. So those are the kinds of discussions that seemed beneficial. When we'll be back right after this. Hey, this is Allison Ferno, host of the new show, American Ammo. Catch me on 960 AM every Saturday, 2 to 2.30. We talk about local, AZ, and national policy, exposing the darkness and equipping you with truth and action steps to get involved. Sponsored by Realtor Julia Rice with My Home Group. She believes in faith, family, and freedom. If you are a vet or a first responder, ask about a special discount. Contact Julia at 623-261-5956 or visit her website at juliarice.mydoorsoul.com. Skyline Education seeks an elementary school teacher in Phoenix, Arizona, to provide for, direct, and evaluate instructional experience for each student in their charge, maintain lines of communication in conformity with district policy, and participate in curriculum development as required by district policy. Send resumes to Tasha Gant at tgant at skylineschools.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took 
I am a United States Marine. DFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we're required to broadcast some types of political advertising by the FCC. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore, the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and sometimes we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Well, it's 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. We have uh, two guys waiting to talk, and actually three. So we have two open lines if you want to grab one of them, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Two lines available. Blackwell Automotive is at 40th Street and Greenway. He covers that northeast quadrant of the city for me. He's a, he's a great shop. He's a good guy. Um, his wife, Polly, is a little nicer than he is. But Tom knows cars from vintage cars to new cars. He does a good job in fixing cars and a real good job in communicating. So they ask a lot of questions so they fix the right problem. So if you're in that northeast area of Scottsdale and Fountain Hills and that area up there, then Blackwell Automotive at 40th and and Greenway is my suggestion. If you don't already have a shop, and if you do, you should stay there. Kevin, how can I help you this morning? Uh, Good morning, Mark. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Yep, I'm good. Say I'm building a solar system, and I want to use lead-acid batteries. What is the typical shelf life of a good quality lead-acid deep-cycle battery? Say, like okay. I keep it charged every every month. Okay. N- and no, I want to and I want to use it for a long period of time. Okay. Now, there's two kinds of batteries, and let's call them really what they are. We got golf cart batteries. And then we have the batteries okay. that are in my diesel truck. And the batteries okay. in my diesel truck are are designed for 300-amp draw when I'm cranking over the motor. Your solar okay. system is not going to have anything like that at all. The golf, golf cart batteries are designed for a small amount of electricity for a long period of time. I think that's what you're going to want. I don't golf think that batteries. a Daisy Delco battery... Um, I don't think a 12-volt automotive battery, I don't think that's the, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong and you want to call back and tell me I'm wrong, I, I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle that. But the golf cart batteries, the 6-volt batteries, first of all, you put two 6-volts together, and it's a monster compared to any other 12-volt battery. So the Why golf cart battery have huge plates, and they're designed for a small amount of electricity for a long period of time, just like golfing. So... Well, I'm going to use an inverter, a DC to AC inverter, so I can power my home on it. Okay. And And doesn't your solar system describe batteries? The system that you're installing, don't they have some kind of a specification for batteries? It's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a CCA, which is cold cranking amps, and that's an automotive battery, and that doesn't really apply to solar. But a deep cycle battery is, is like a boat battery, that's going to be on a on a uh, fishing on a boat with a trolling motor, right? And so, right. if if those are what you're after, that deep cycle battery that has a small amount of electricity over a long period of time, really and truly, the weight of the battery, in my opinion, tells you everything you want to know. If you got one battery for a hundred bucks, 
that's got that weighs 35 pounds and then you've got another battery that weighs 50 or 60 pounds for twice that much money you have a tough decision to make but batteries are as good well, as the lead inside yeah they use those deep cycle batteries in rvs and they yes. power the whole system off of those deep cycle batteries they don't put lithium ion batteries in there no and people use people add solar systems to their RVs and trailers and things like that, and they still use their deep cycle batteries. But it's important to know that we have we have house batteries and we have engine batteries in a coach, in a motorhome. So to turn yeah. over that big diesel freight liner, we're not going to use your deep cycle batteries. So we have two battery packs. The house part of the motorhome is a current draw that's pretty, not substantial, but pretty even across the board through the day. So when we run the when we run the air conditionings in our RVs, we're not using the deep cycle batteries to do that. We're using the generator. So it it right. it just in I think your solar system and this is for your house. I'm assuming. I'm building it for auxiliary use. Okay, um, I think deep cycle is the appropriate battery because I don't I don't I don't think the lithiums are going to do any good. I put a lithium in battery in my six cylinder fifty five Chevy the other day. And it's a okay. 5,000 um, watt battery. I think it's watt is the right word I'm using. The 6-volt right. lead-acid battery cranked the engine over like this. This thing sounds like a machine gun with this 6-volt lithium. And starts the truck immediately. Okay. So that's the difference in the application. I wouldn't use a lithium battery to, to for a standard... Um, amount of electricity so that that's as close as I can get but I want to admit to you that I'm not the expert in in um, in solar issues I'm not well thing is that you know there's plenty of lead acid batteries around and China controls the world supply of lithium and if we have trouble with our supply chain we're not going to be able to replace those uh, lithium batteries very easily and that's to deal with electric battery or electric cars. We don't have the infrastructure set up to provide all the necessary parts to uh, keep producing those lithium-ion batteries for the electric car. Okay. Uh, well, let, let me give you my China story real quick, okay? There's a guy in China. Okay. I have friends that take plans to China from American companies. And they build the automotive part, and it's shipped here to the United States and distributed nationally. But here's the dollars and cents of it. China has an economy. There's a guy there that has an engine mount business. He makes an upper mount for a Nissan, and, uh, along with a hundred other mounts. But this upper mount in the Nissan, it costs him $8.25 for two pieces of metal. He's punched holes in them where the bolts are going to go. Then he's got a piece of rubber in the middle, and he vulcanizes all of it together, $8.25. He sells it to a friend of mine who reps it for hundreds of companies in the United States for eight dollars and fifty cents. Your car, okay. it's gonna when I install it on your car, it's seventy five dollars. Now, right. who made all that money? The United States did, except for the except for the ship that took it from China to the West Coast, and typically those are American ships. But that's the only place it's kind of variable. But who made the most money on that? I did. I made forty-five bucks on that mount. Yeah, I did, and so, and and all of that money from eight dollars and fifty cents to seventy-five dollars 
went into the United States, they depend on us for car parts. We keep their economy alive with car parts. And I don't care what Chevy, Ford, Honda, Toyota, Chrysler says. There's a lot of parts I know for sure come in a box that says Chrysler, Chevy, Ford, Honda, Toyota that were made in China. And so, Okay, here's my basic question. What's the typical shelf life of a good deep cycle lead-acid battery? It depends on use. You can sit it on the shelf, and it'll stay there for two or three years. The, the voltage will degrade, and it may not have the threshold voltage that you need to, for it to perform. But when you talk about shelf life, you're talking about putting a battery on a shelf and not using it? No, no, no. Use it occasionally, like okay. I do on my uh, electronic telescope. I've had the same battery. It's just a regular car battery I've used for eight and a half years on my telescope. What kind of a charger do you have connected to it? It's a 12-volt trickle charger. Okay, and it's on all the time? No. Okay. I I charge it once a month Okay. or once every other month and keep it up. Okay. And I keep the water levels up. Okay, then that's your shelf life. It, it the matter of how the, long the battery is going to. There's not a cut and dried answer. It's how much do you use it? How many okay. times do you charge it? And how deep do you take it into the bowels? Do you go from 12 volt to 6 volt, or do you go from 12 volt to 10 volt? And then, well, I know and, that the, the extreme temperatures and conditions that are under the hood here in Arizona will degrade a battery if you don't keep it up. That's not you know, true. It'll be gone that's in not, four that's years. That's not true. That's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree that it, four be years. In about four years. I agree Even it's four if, years. I don't agree with anything else you said. <laughs> the temperature underneath the hood? Come on, we've had that same temp- temperature underneath the hood for since I was a kid. This is just those are old wives' tales. The answer to your question, you've answered it yourself. You said that you use that telescope battery for four years or something like that. So if you use it that much and you charge it back that much, it should give you four years of service. It matters on how big the draw is and how often you charge it, how many times you cycle it. I can't tell you this. The experts tell me that a battery has so many cycles, so it, it, the bounce. So you go from actually a fully charged battery is 13 volts. So you go from 13 and you go down to 8, then you go back to 12.6, and then you go back to 8.2. It's called the bounce. They say it's that's that creates the lifespan. So the deeper you take it, the shorter the lifespan. If you just scrape the crust off the top of the battery and you just you bounce it from 13 to 12.2 or maybe 11.8, and then you take it back to the 13. That bounce is small, so the battery's going to last longer. But if you take that battery and you run it in a motorhome and you run all the lights and the water pump and everything and the refrigerator in it and you take it down to 6 volts where the system shuts down because it needs more than 6 volts, that's going to probably last two years, and that's the answer. Um, Let's go to Al real quick. Al, good morning. How can we help you? Yes, good morning. Best show ever. Thank you. Thank you. Um, My question for you is I got a 2006 Buick LaCrosse. And every once in a while, it'll kick the AC out, and I lose the temperature gauge. goes to down like there's no juice there, and it shuts the AC off. I did change the temperature sensor already. It was working fine, and it's doing it again. Okay. This is kind of confusing to me, so let me ask you some questions. You're driving down the road, and you turn on your air conditioning, and it's blowing, it's blowing cold air out of the vents. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Ice now, cold. When you say that the temperature is at the, you're not talking about the engine temperature. You're talking about the control on your dash where you said, I want 68 degrees air. 
that temperature goes away. No, no I apologize. I didn't. Uh, I didn't deliver it correctly to you. On the temperature gauge on the uh, on the dash goes. To, I I lose all that, and then in the middle it says no AC. It's got a. Uh, it says like it shut the AC off, and the temperature. I got an actual, not an idiot light. I got a temperature gauge that goes down till there's like the L uh, to to the cold side where there's no there's no juice at all. Okay, I've and never it throws, fixed that. It throws the fan on too. Okay, it sounds like to me that something is telling the computer that the engine is in in, in an overheat condition. But it doesn't match right. with you saying That's that the gauge falls to the cold side. That doesn't match. The fan will be well, turned on in many cars if the computer senses that the fan is going to help cool the cooling system down. I, yeah, I, I lose. I lose the uh, the temperature indicator. But, you know, it say it's in the middle where it should be running normal between cold and hot. Once okay. this shuts the AC off, I lose the temperature gauge too. I have okay. nothing. Drops all the way to the left. Uh, okay, I, I don't know. I, I've never fixed this before, but I, I can tell you what I would do. The very first thing I do is, is okay. I take the battery cables off of it and touch the cables together. Touch the cables okay. together, not the battery terminals, the okay. cables. <laughs> so we're going to discharge okay. all the capacitors. Then I would get underneath the dash and probably disconnect and reconnect the the huge bulkhead connector that connects everything okay. to the dash. I'd make sure that I had good battery cable connections. But I would okay. need to talk to you more, and I'd see. I need to see the car because you keep saying that you lose the coolant or you lose the temperature gauge. The problem is, if you lose the temperature gauge, you just lost the the temperature gauge. The computer is talking to you and saying, "Here's the temperature gauge," but the computer already knows right. how hot or how cold the motor is. The fact that you lose the gauge doesn't change the fact that the motor's 210 degrees, and the computer knows right, that. Right, exactly. So I don't and know. That, I, is that that's probably why. That's probably why the fan kicks on too, because it doesn't know if it's hot or cold, right? No, no. It, it's if if it's turning on the fan, it, it and you're talking about the radiator yep. cooling fan. It thinks the motor's overheat yep. in 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 stress mode. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, because as soon as the gauge goes down, I lose the gauge totally. I, there's, I like, know, there's but no juice you, there. I, I don't have much time. Listen, you keep talking about that the gauge goes down. That's the cold side. That's the dichotomy. That's the problem. It's hard to fathom why the gauge is going to zero, which is cold, to the left side of the gauge. Then we turn around and we have actions that indicate that the computer's trying to cool the cooling system down. So that's really and truly, if you want to send me an email, I'll find a shop in your geographical area that, that, that I would suggest. Or if you have a shop, then take it in and show them what you're talking about. But that's an interesting concept. But we expect the Chevy Ford Dodge... Toyota Honda, when it's in stress mode, the computer's going to take control of the cooling system, turn on the cooling fans, it's going to turn off the air conditioning and not let you have air conditioning and try to get you home. And that's 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 programmed into very lots and lots of cars today. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We're going to come back in about four and a half minutes. And if you'd like to talk about your car, you can, 602-508-0960. I'm Mark Salem. This is KKNT, and we're here every Saturday from 10 to noon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.